Welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. I'm so happy you guys have joined me this evening, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Yes, I am back. It is crazy that I am. I am back here yet again talking about issues that I hope you find valuable. You should at least. Um, what we're finding here in happening across the country, but more happening in um, more happening in uh, cities, street violence. And violence against the Asian community, we're finding that too, and a lot of it. This violence that we're talking about, the violence that happened recently in New York City, something pretty bad, I'll show it to you in a second, brings up so many different issues. It isn't only violence in the Asian community. It is that. But there are so many other things involved in this one. It's a very specific event. Some of you may have heard of it. A very large uh, black man kicked an Asian, an older Asian woman, 65 years old, kicked her so bad that she had to go to the hospital with a broken pelvis. Broad daylight, no reason, said, you don't belong here, and kicked her while people watched. Um, that's, that actually happened. And I'm going I'm to show you about that right now, if you don't mind. I think there's so much going on here, right? There's so much going on here. I just, I, I want you guys to see a little bit of this. And when I want to have this real conversation about this, I think it matters. I mean, maybe I'm crazy and it doesn't, but you'll tell me. The Department of Justice launching a new effort to track, investigate, and prosecute hate crime offenders. Yep. The White House creating a task force to try to, to fight the rise in violence against Asians during the pandemic. Now, the fight, the rise in violence isn't only against Asians. It absolutely is. But there is a rise in violence overall. It is magnified against Asians, but it is violence growing during the pandemic. Hmm. What's happening during the pandemic that might make an increase in violence? Could it be lockdowns? And the FBI holding nationwide trainings to recognize and report anti-Asian bias. Yes. Few cities have been spared the violence, but data shows spikes in Look Boston, at this Philly, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Phoenix, and... Look at that number. Up everywhere, New York City, up 833%. Wow. Wow. My city, the worst. The worst of it all in New York. Yep. From three Asian hate crimes in 2019 to 28 last year and already 33 this year. Now, some of that, a small percentage of that is to reporting, right? A small percentage is reporting. There is absolute increase and it's a massive increase. But just for clarity, it's probably not actually 833%. It's something crazy like 500%. So it's still huge, but a small percentage of that is in reporting, a, a small part of that is that, just for clarity only. We're about to show the latest attack, but a warning to you now, it is difficult to watch. Police say a 65-year-old woman was walking to church when a man punched and kicked her while shouting anti-Asian slurs. This is Midtown Manhattan. Yep. You can see the attacker stomping on the woman's upper body and head three times after. But worse, there's three guys right there. Do you see inside to the right there? There's three men there. Three men right there. One of them is the doorman and or security guard. Three. No one did anything. She fell onto the sidewalk. 
A security guard watched the whole time. And yep. then more show up. Watch this. None stopped the attacker. Not one. And no he one closes him. the door. There is a 65-year-old woman outside in the street. He just watched her literally get the, the, the crap kicked out of her. And instead of going on stopping him, he closes the door. Now, maybe you don't want to go after this guy. Okay, look, I don't know what this individual person's life is. I don't know. But he's gone now. You could at least help her at a minimal. At a minimum, you could go help her now. Go to her and have one of these guys there call 911. You could do that, couldn't you? No, we're going to close the door. This is my city. The woman. One even appeared to close the door on her. Yep. Officials say medics took the woman to a hospital with a broken pelvis. She's now listed in stable condition. Now, a broken pelvis is bad, of course. And if you're 65, if any of you are either of that age or know people of that age, healing is hard. I mean, really hard at that age. It's a lot harder than if you're 25, right? Don't get me wrong. You never want to have a broken pelvis, but I'd rather be 25 and have a broken pelvis than 65 and have one. I mean, I'd rather if I got a choice. And while that's horrible for, for her, terrible. But the worst part, even more than the broken pelvis, which she will feel that pain probably the rest of her life, is she's literally traumatized. She's literally, that's PTSD screaming to happen. She's traumatized. Walking around, not messing with anybody, and all of a sudden now, she's hammered. Now, Aaron... Red. I'm going to pick, pick up Aaron's right now because Aaron actually read my mind. He says, bring back rooftop Koreans. And I think most of you know what that means, right? During some of the other riots in the past, Koreans who had, who had, um, who were store owners went to rooftops with firearms and said, come at my store, you're getting shot. You're getting shot, you come at my store. And Aaron, you stole my thunder. That was part of what I wanted to bring up. You know, people get upset because nobody did anything. I, I get that completely. I get the fact that nobody and they're upset. But ask yourself, would you have done something? Serious question. He was a physically big man. Walks up, is okay beating up a woman. So is he going to beat you up? Yeah, probably. He's fine beating up a senior citizen woman who's half his size, literally half his size. He's fine with kicking the hell out of her. What's he going to do to you? So I get that fear. But what if you had a firearm? Well, Larry, do you want somebody to shoot him? If he's kicking the crap out of a 65-year-old woman, I'm not mad if you put a bullet in him. I'm just telling you that. I'm not mad if you put a bullet in him. Now, if he would have stopped without no, if you could have drawn down, he'd have stopped. Okay, but he doesn't want to stop. He wants to come at you. You put a bullet in him. I'm okay with that in this case. right? I'm not a violent person. You know me. I'm not about that. But when someone is physically initiating violence against someone who is for all purposes defenseless and you want to stop him, I talk about firearms all the time. You know I do. And what do I say constantly? I say in the city... I say this all the time in the city, particularly in bad neighborhoods, who are the people who get assaulted? The elderly. That's what happens. We just saw this. 
except now it wasn't a Hispanic or black elderly person. It was an Asian elderly person. And it wasn't in a bad neighborhood. It was in midtown Manhattan. But this stuff is what happens in the poor neighborhoods all the time in the city. And what do I always say? Just let one elderly person draw down on somebody and watch that stop. They're beating these people up because they are defenseless. Most of the Asian attacks aren't against young Asians. Most of them are against the elderly, older Asian people who are seen as defenseless. That's why they beat them up, because they're defenseless. Let one of them. What if she had rolled over, pulled a revolver out of her purse, and put a bullet in him? What if she had done that? Maybe you don't have copycats anymore. Maybe. I'm not saying guns are the answer. I'm not. I'm just, Aaron brought it up and I'm saying, that's a piece of this. But there's more to this. It's not just guns. That's just one piece of it. There are so many pieces of this. The second piece is, where are the cops? They didn't get them for until later on, until someone said what happened. Where are the cops? Is this a defund piece? I don't think so. But where are the cops? And if the cops can't be there, if they can't be there, why didn't someone else do something? What were they afraid of? And I'll tell you something that's going to sound horrible, but I, I want to have this conversation because a defenseless woman might have been, if he didn't stop, kicked to death in front of people. That could have happened. What if she had fought back? She didn't. She just laid there and took it. Horribly, she laid there and took it. What if she had fought back? And then that big guy thought, oh, she's fighting back? And he kept kicking her and he crushed her skull and killed her. That could have happened. And we would have watched a woman murdered right there. No did anything. There were several things here that, uh, not just the gun issue, but were they afraid of being sued themselves? I'm not joking. When you get involved, do you risk the, the, the are you worried? Are you scared? I don't want to get involved because then I get in trouble. I don't want to get involved because I'm in trouble. Was that a, it, was that a concern? And what I would say is, Yes, because I've thought that. I've thought the same thing. Do I want to get involved and then all of a sudden I'm the bad guy because I'm involved and now I'm the one getting sued or I'm the one getting attacked because I'm involved? I felt that. Now, I have gotten involved in things like this before and I probably shouldn't have, but I have. But I have gotten involved. And I have, if I don't feel like, if I, don't feel like I can physically stop the person, I have said something, scolded, yelled. I have done that type of stuff. I've, got, I've never just let that happen ever in my life. And it's happened more than once. And I get involved. I have gotten physically involved where I had to hold the guy back. I did do that once. I was, I was much younger then, but I would still try to do something. But I do have the fear. There's a second piece. If those three guys in the, in the room were white and he was black, are they worried that it would have been a racial issue? Is there a fear there? All of our cultural issues come to roost in something like this. Lack of gun culture in New York City. Worry of being sued litigious society. And racial issues all come together. None of them by themselves are the answer at all. But combined, it does create an environment to where people hesitate. And I go one step further. We also have a, a, a culture now where the thing to do is just videotape it. Videotape it, like how old I am, videotape. Is to record it and put it online. That's the other thing. So now even that becomes a thing. So, oh, just pull out my phone and watch the horribleness come because it's not real. It's just now, it's just on YouTube. So in addition, 
addition we have looking at, at, at the screen. So we have four different things coming together in our culture that might have allowed this woman to be kicked to death in public. That might have happened. I'm very glad it didn't. And they did get the guy eventually. But then there's more on that story too. So let me keep going because there's more on, on the guy they got too, which adds more to this story. NBC's Joe Lynn Kent now. Joe, again, the, these attacks we're seeing over and over now. Mm -hmm. We are, Shep. Good evening. Officials say the woman who was so brutally beaten in mm -hmm. that video has just been released from the yep. hospital after Luckily, she's fine their unstable condition. Now, the New York City Hate Crimes Task Force is now investigating the incident, and there has been no arrest of the suspect yet. There has now. I'll cover that in a second. Now, if you look closely at that video, you'll see that the individuals inside of the lobby of that Manhattan mm -hmm. luxury apartment complex Manhattan luxury um, apartment complex here. Midtown Manhattan, right? Midtown Manhattan. Watching and doing nothing. Yeah, there were three people management there. Management says they've been suspending, suspended pending an investigation. They suspended the security guards. Boy, that'll teach them, I guess. I don't know, because that's what'll work. So that lack of action has captured, been captured on camera, and it has Asian American activists like Amanda Wen speaking out. It is a fundamental betrayal of what it means to be an American if people do not stand up in the face of hate right now. When I see videos of people who are harassed, who are violently assaulted, mm -hmm. and also see people who stand by and do nothing, yeah. what does that say about the moral character of our country? She has a valid question, right? She has a valid point. Shouldn't we be doing something? But I brought up four different parts that cover this. And here's the reality. Most of you don't know this. There was a guy who actually did something. This is what actually happened. There was a guy who saw it and went, holy crap, and chased the guy. You know what happened? The guy turned around. He had a knife. This is true. Big guy didn't pull it. Luckily, he didn't pull the knife out on, on the woman. He didn't pull it out. He only kicked her. And only in that horrible, but he, but he had, he could have stabbed her and she, she probably would have died if he just stabbed her, but he didn't. He just kicked her and ran off. When the guy came after him to hold him, he pulled the knife on him. Guy backed off. What would you do? You have no weapon. He is physically bigger and stronger than you. Clearly brutal and has a knife. I think I'm walking away at that one. I think I am. I think I'm walking away on that one. I might yell at him. But I don't think I'm going to touch a guy who's who's physically bigger than me, brutal, and has a knife. Now, I got a firearm. Eh, he's not going anywhere. I can guarantee he's not going anywhere. Either voluntarily or because I dropped him. But I don't have a firearm. I'm doing nothing. I'm just going, yeah, you're a bad guy. That's all I'm doing. Just being clear. I've been asking law enforcement experts why we keep seeing these horrific incidents against the Asian American community mm -hmm. as awareness of the problem is going up. It's growing. It right? is. Well, the answer so far has been a combination of increased reporting of yes. the incidents, which increased is reporting. an important thing, and a possible issue of copycat violence targeting. Bingo. Copycat violence. And that is a fact. That's a real thing. 
That's a real thing. This is why I've spoken more than once about what Maj Ture talks about, the idea of being in bad neighborhoods and being able to defend yourself. It's easy to beat up old people. It just is. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. Thugs know this. Bullies know this. That's why they do it. But let one, what? You say, Larry, you're going to arm all the old people? No, you don't have to arm all the old people. That's silly. Of course you don't. You just have to have one of them who wants to be armed. Then one of them will be one to. And that one draws down and puts a bullet in one thug. All of a sudden, the targets aren't easy anymore. It's the same thing. When all when the targets are easy, they go for easy targets. When the targets are hard, they change. That's the issue. Vulnerable AAPI uh, members of yep. all ages. Now, overall, hate crimes against Asian Americans rose nearly 150% nationwide Huge. last year. Advocates are telling me that they expect that disturbingly fast rise to only grow Yes, they say of all ages, but the mo most are against uh, elderly. That's a fact. Most are el elderly. As this pandemic continues, Shep. Joe Lincoln, thanks so much. There we go. So I wanted to bring that piece up because obviously expressed a bunch of issues and concerns. Now, let me bring up the piece where they actually got the guy. They did find him. They did get him. And there's some interesting facts about him that you may find interesting, the guy they actually got suspect in that vicious attack on a 65-year-old Asian-American woman in Hell's Kitchen is a convicted murderer out on parole after killing his own mother. Yes, this guy who did this is a convicted murderer. He killed his own mom in 2002. I'm, I'm not making this up. He killed his own mom. He was convicted. And he got out on parole in 2019. So he served about 17 years, almost almost 20 years, and he got out. So where was he? He was being held in a hotel for the homeless because he didn't have he didn't have he's, he's homeless. So he was being held up in a hotel. I know people earlier, what two weeks ago, a couple uh, a couple of uh, shows ago, someone was saying, "Well, why don't we put we don't spend uh, you know." Money on hotel for the homeless. New York, we do. Perfect example. That's where he was. He was literally there. And out he goes. And in 2019, he got out. And that's who the guy is. 38-year-old Brandon Elliott's under arrest tonight. He's facing assault and hate crime charges. He was released from prison just two years ago after serving a little over a decade for killing his mother. Now, there are certain things I want to bring up about this. Now, I know the initial thing is, see, we should have kept him in jail forever with the bail thing. Yes and no. If a person does their time, they deserve to have a second chance. 100% they do. Everybody deserves a second chance if after you pay your debt. The question is, did he pay his debt? And did we do anything to help him? Now, to be clear. Clearly, he is mentally disturbed in some way, shape, or form. He's mentally disabled in some way. He has something wrong. Clearly, something's not functioning the right way. You don't kill your mother, do 20 years, then come out and start stomping people in the street. Something's gone wrong up there. I don't know what that is, but there's something there. And the problem is, and we've had this problem in this country for a long time, the answer is always put him in jail, put him in prison. I talk about the idea of justice versus punishment. 
we don't have a justice system. We have a punishment system. That's what we have. So the man killed his mom and we put him in jail for 17 years. Okay. We punished him. Did we help him at all? I would assume if you're 19 as an adult, his entire adult life, what does he know? He knows prison. Well, then he carries a knife on him. In prison, he probably carried a shiv on him his entire time there. He was a murderer. He's big. People probably didn't mess with him. And he probably solved most of his problems in prison with violence. One would assume. I don't know him personally, but that's a common issue. So probably the odds are high that he solved most of his, pro his social problems in prison through violence. Probably what he did. So he comes out. That's what he knows. He's been out almost two years. Doesn't have a job still? Do we teach him anything? Is Can he get a job? He's a convicted murderer. So we let him out in 2019 with virtually no chance of success. So why do we let him out? Why do we even let him out? Why don't we keep him locked up? And, I'm, and I don't mean this as, as to be cruel. I mean the reverse. It was crueler to let him out if he has no chance of success. Just keep him locked up then. They might say, well, it's cash. Like, I don't want to spend the money. Keep this guy locked up. Well, when he gets out, what's he going to do? Go back on a dole, which he is. He's getting paid. He's living in hotels. New York State's paying for. Put him back in jail then. Why, why'd you let him out of jail? Or, or make it to where he actually would get help when he's in jail so that when he gets out, he has a chance at success. Make it to where we look at it in a way to where he gets out, he's got some mental illness that we've hopefully treated in some way when he was in prison. I mean, we dropped $70,000 a year, you know, caretaking him for 17 years. You could have thrown some therapy on that. You couldn't have done that. This is a failure of our system on him too. I want to be very clear, very clear on this. I'm not defending him in any way, shape or form. I am not defending him. I'm saying this is an example of how our system failed again. And if our system had been better, then he either doesn't get out or he gets out and he has a better chance of success in either way, in either of those. Either he doesn't get out or he gets out with an actual chance of success. Either way, that woman is not kicked in the street. Either way, she's not kicked. The crap kicked out of her in broad daylight in the middle of the street. Failure either way you look at it. And that's another problem we have. So guns. So race. So religious society. So police force. So criminal uh, justice reform. All are in the same thing. Lockdowns all happen in this story. We see it all come together. Now, I know I've been talking about police recently just now. Here's what I want you to do, if you don't mind. We have a different survey today. It is the police accountability survey. Yes, it's a different one. So if you've taken the others, you got to take this one too. My sponsors, theadvocates.org, they would like you to do that. So please click that link that's in our description right there, that link that's in the description right now. Go to it, click it, take that. It's about five minutes. It's a police accountability survey. If you take it, and then of course the same, share it. Let people know the advocates are out there. Let people know this is interesting. And we can talk about police accountability. I mean, there weren't cops in this case, but- George Floyd, right now, the, the trial is on. Police accountability is a key piece. Please take that survey. It makes my sponsors happy to keep this show going. If you've got some cash, you like what I'm doing, do me a favor. 
patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw me a couple bucks, 10 bucks here, 25 bucks here. It all helps to help us make a better and better show. And I'm trying to invest more money in this show to make a better and better show. As you, I hope you notice, I'm trying to make this thing better and to keep giving you some good quality and to put the time and energy into this. If you don't have the cash, you can just like, comment, and share. That helps no matter what you're helping. It's free. If you can, give me five minutes, take that survey, finish the survey, and then share it. All of that matters to keep everybody happy. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. So let me go through and grab a little bit more of this, and I'm going to grab some comments. But I do want to finish up this piece here if I can. This fourth, Miles Miller is live in lower Manhattan with the message the NYPD and the DA have for him. Miles? NYPD and DA. That's right. Brandon Elliott is right now at Central Booking here in Manhattan. He has yet to go before a judge, but mm -hmm. when he does, the DA says they'll expect to ask for remand. So for those of you who know, remand means they want to keep him in jail until without bail until his um until his hearing or until his actual you know next court date, which obviously that's gonna happen. I mean, that he's going back away. I mean, he'll be going away for another 25 years. Literally, he'll be going away. He, he's breaking his parole. He will go away for 25 more years. And you're saying to yourself, well, Larry, that's good, isn't it? He's only 38. So when he gets out in 25 years, he'll be, what, 63? Is my math right? He'll be 63 and still have no chance of success and still be violent and still not be cured. So he'll come out of 63. We'll pay for him in a hotel for a couple of years. He'll beat somebody else up because that's how he solves his problems. And we'll put him back in jail for 20 more years until he dies in his 80s. That's the future. That's our system. Two people, or three people, now, well, we'll be three. Two people now have been hurt. His mother killed. This, this woman beat, kicked, kicked into a hospital with a broken pelvis. And whoever he hurts or kills or beats up, you know, when he gets out 25 years from now, and whoever he's beaten up in jail, which is probably dozens of people. This is our current system. It doesn't work. The man seen in this brutal attack tonight is awaiting a judge. 38-year-old yep. Brandon Elliott picked up last night by detectives and charged in this vicious attack on a 65-year-old woman. Mr. Elliott Absolutely. is accused of brutally shoving, kicking, and stomping mm -hmm. a 65-year-old mother to the ground. Side Vance. The brutal attack happened Monday in Hell's Kitchen while that woman was on her way to church. She spent two days in the hospital recovering from her injuries as police tracked down Elliott. He was convicted of murdering his mother in 2002 in their Bronx apartment, mm -hmm. released on lifetime parole in 2019. And he served his time and he was released to parole. That means something. And, and I think that, that anyone given a second chance deserves second chances. As of Now, this is the one thing that I'm very happy to hear. And I didn't hear that before in New York City. That was a police commissioner who actually said people deserve second chances. You don't often hear that from law enforcement. You just don't. So that was a positive thing. He actually said people deserve second chances. And I hope that this guy who blew his second chance, that doesn't affect everybody else who does deserve a second chance. Sunday, the NYPD says there have been 33 hate crimes with an Asian victim. There were 11 such attacks by the same time last year. Yep. The department today making a direct appeal to victims work with the department by so let me get out of that piece that's the part that i wanted to bring up you know that the system failed her the system fails us 
the system failed him, the system failed it all. And that's and it covers so many different parts uh, of our of our broken culture. Let me grab some comments if I can. Adrian says, Larry, my ex-sister-in-law and one niece and nephew are half Japanese, current sister-in-law Vietnamese slash Chinese, and two nieces. Interesting discussion. Yeah, you know, the, the, the piece I'll bring up is a lot of this is sadly copycat. And that sounds so horrible, but it is. Violence is actually, and it's going to sound crazy, but hear me out. Violence is actually like a disease in that it's infectious. It spreads, right? It does. When other people stop being violent, so do you. And one of the ways you see it is in war. When countries are at war, they tend to be more violent, even internally. Like if you're fighting a war outside, you still become more violent internally. You see violence go, spreads, right? Like a virus, it spreads. So uh, it's contagious. It does happen. So when we see people do it, even suicide, literally suicide is contagious. And again, if you think I'm crazy, do your own homework. That's, that's, that is true. Other people see it and they go, that's the way out. So the problem is when people start beating up on old Asian people, uh, people go, yeah, we should do that. They do that. That's the cool thing. We'll go do that. And people who have issues, they jump on that. And we've got to stop that, calm down, stop it, and see, hey, this is going to happen. All right, how do we fix this? Now, one of the ways, obviously, is more police presence. That's true, right? That's a fact. If you have more police presence, it tends to lessen the crime rate. People tend to not do crimes when the cops are around. That's just that's how people are. They tend to do less of it when the cops are around. Sometimes they do. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes they do. But it definitely lowers it. And that's what New York City is doing right now. They're now throwing more cops into Asian neighborhoods. But the problem is Asians don't just live in Asian neighborhoods. Clearly more Asians live in Asian neighborhoods. But Asians live all over New York City, all over the country. So that isn't the only answer. But it's something. So Jimmy is another task force. My God, I hope not. But yeah, you've read my mind. That's that's what we'll do is we'll just spend we'll throw more money at the problem. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Or we could just get people back to work, fix our criminal justice system so that this isn't happening. We could do that. That might work. So the lockdowns from our uh, Ash governor are making everyone go batchy. That's true. But look, how is this guy? And again, I'm not defending him. I'm using him as an example for others. How is this guy? who has a felony now, in a lockdown environment, supposed to get a job. How is that supposed to happen? I mean, clearly, you wouldn't want him to work from anyway, and it's fine he didn't have a job. He probably shouldn't have ever got a jail. But my point being, he's like all the other felons who come out. How are they going to get a job? So if you can't get a job, what are you going to do? Sit at home with the lockdowns, watching TV all day, or whatever you're doing, online all day, driving yourself literally as... AJ says, that's you crazy. That's what you're doing. You're going to come out and be violent or self-destructive. Yeah, absolutely. Benjamin says, the Blasio said we have to do whatever it takes. What happens when somebody steps up and cracks an attacker's skull? See, Benjamin, that's what people... You Thank you for bringing that up. That's what I was talking about earlier. There is a fear of that, right? And what if I had... And, I, and I'm going to tell you a serious... What would have actually happened? What if I had uh, an illegal gun? Or I had a gun that I legal. I was a tourist. I was a tourist touring New York City from upstate New York. 
and I legally owned a firearm. I bought it up state New York, legally owned it, licensed. I draw it and I point it at him and I say, don't move. And I don't even shoot, Benjamin. I don't even shoot. I pull it, draw, say, stop, don't move. He gets scared, stops. Cops come, arrest him. They will also arrest me. I'm not joking. I also get arrested. Why? I have a gun. That's how New York City works. If you use your gun, even to stop a crime, you're still going to jail. That's New York. Yeah. So literally, if I drew my, my legally owned firearm that I purchased in another county in New York State, and I draw down and I go, stop, and he stops, and the cop, I don't even shoot him, I'm going to jail. I shoot him, I'm going to jail, for sure. But I just, I just pull it. I go to jail. What happened if I grab him? What if I push him? What if that's what I do? To your point, I get scared. And I'm like, I can't wrestle this guy. He's big. I don't want to fight him because he might knock me out. So I just rush him and I just, I, I use my old football, my old high school football tactics, and I just rush him and drop him. So I take him out the knees. I drop him. He hits his head. He dies. I might go to jail. You couldn't have done something else, Mr. Sharp. All of a sudden, I'm getting sued. His family's suing me. I lose my house. That's a fear that people have. Will that happen? I don't know. But Benjamin, you and I shouldn't even be thinking that. Like, we shouldn't even be thinking that. And you thought it, and so did I. We should have been thinking, it doesn't matter. that There's someone who was helpless, who was being beaten. I have to do something. That's what you and I should be thinking. But we're not. We're scared that we might get sued or go to jail or something like that for stepping in. That's a cultural issue I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you saw the same thing I saw. Matt says, who could have predicted a rise in violence during the pandemic? If only there was someone, maybe from New York City, who had mentioned this months and months ago. I know, Matt, if only someone had mentioned this would be the, the damage that I literally said back in March of last year that was going to happen. Yes, absolutely. So, Rose says, very surprised. I thought the liberal utopia of New York would be far more tolerant. Who would have guessed? I know. New York City, the bastion of tolerance. Why would we be having this? No, we're not that. It's just not who we are. If you know how New York City works, there's actually a lot of um, ethnic enclaves in New York. We tend to work together. In other words, we tend to move into certain areas and work together as, a, as almost like a melting pot. But then we go back to our own neighborhoods. It's very much how we, we tend to do. We tend to um, work with others, but live among our own. That's a common thing in New York. Not, not 100% rule at all, but it is a common thing. So, yes. Um, as a SO myself, SO. Security officer? Is that what that is? Secure myself, that guard uh, that guard might not have been able to assist you to company policy. Oh, security, yes, gotcha. But can't say anything for his morals. I wouldn't be able to stand there like I was on shift. Yes, you know, you're right. There may have been company policy that, you know, if it's not on our property, you can't do anything. Sure, that guy watched and closed the door. So maybe he was bound by contract or policy. Perhaps, I think that's that's that is a fair assessment. And maybe the right right answer, but you can't yell and scream and call nine one one and say, "Hey, get off her! Stop! What's wrong with you? Come over here and I'll whip your ass or whatever." Right? At a minimum, I would have drawn him off of her. Right? Even if I was afraid to fight the guy, 
I would have drawn him off her towards me. Then I could have run or something. I got behind a thing, closed the door, whatever. I mean, I don't know if I could have fought that guy. If he had a knife too, I don't know. If I thought I could have taken him out, I would have. Right? If I had three guys with me, I'd probably take him out. I'm just being full with who I am. If I had three guys with me, I probably would have. But it's just me. I'm going to draw him off. And that guard could have done that. Just yelled at him and said, hey, uh, son of a blah, blah, blah. Come at me or whatever to get the guy off her. He didn't do any of that. So your point's valid. He may have been caught by policy, but there were other things he could have done. He could have done. Yes, exactly. So um, Matt says, with their luck, the cops would show up as they would try to help her and they get shot or arrested thinking they did it. Yeah, that could have happened too, right? All that stuff is, is a thought process. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've noticed that, that several of the attacks have been by parolees. Uh, this guy murdered his mother. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, he was in a, he was actually um, in a hotel that was acting as a homeless shelter. That's what we do in New York City. So yeah, Connor, you're correct. That's true. You know, again, we put these people in a situation to where they can't get a job, they can't survive, they can't do well, and then we wonder why they act desperately. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm saying, what are we doing? Why are we making it so hard? If you if they're going out to nothing, why are we even letting them out? So we can bring them back in again. We're not saving any money because we're paying for hotels from every day. So we're not saving any money. Leave them in a jail, then leave them in a prison. If we're going to pay for them anyway, leave them in prison. I mean, I don't want to pay for them. I don't. But if we're going to, leave them in jail. Leave them in prison. James says, I see NYPD Twitter every day where multiple ethnic groups of elderly people get attacked. Yes. Elderly. Thank you, James. I'm not the only one who's saying this. It is the elderly. They are easy, soft targets, so thugs beat up on them. Yeah, that's correct. Why the sudden agenda with pushing only Asian hate now? It's it's because um, of increasing reporting is one and copycat. I think both of those things are very true, right? Copycat and increased reporting, both of those things. But there's no question. Asians are being affected more than others. The, the numbers, while they're a little skewed, they are slightly skewed. They're still massive. They're, even with the small skewing, it's still far more than any other ethnic group. I mean, far more. So it is happening. Not as bad to a small percentage, but it's still bad. David says, it's New York City. So this must have happened in the Republican side of town. This was Staten Island, correct? Nicely done, David. Yes. Actually, no, it wasn't Staten Island. It was actually Manhattan. And for those who don't know, New York City, of all the boroughs, Staten Island is the most Republican borough of the, of the five boroughs. Um, Bronx, Manhattan, super, super Democrat. Um, Queens and Brooklyn, both Democrat, but not super Democrat, but strong Democrat. And Staten Island, strong Republican. There are Democrats in Staten Island too, but it's strong Republican. So no, it wasn't David. Surprise. Yes. Yes. Um, AJ says the asshat people who stood watching and nothing needed ass whipping. Well, I'm going to leave that alone, but I get your point. Uh, two of them were fired at least. So one of them was a delivery guy. One was like a UPS or a FedEx, uh, delivery guy, and the other two were security guards. Um, Jeff says, yes, rooftop Koreans are my favorite group of people ever. You know, I know some people got mad at the rooftop Koreans. Not me at all. I'm like, yeah, defend your, your property. You want to burn my stuff? Take a bullet. And if I'm on a jury and they're saying these, these Koreans shot these guys trying to rob the store and they're, you know, murder, mm. Not guilty. Not guilty. He's a medal. I, I, I don't think that we could. I don't get the idea that we would think it's okay. I just don't. So 
um, rooftop Koreans, why has it been happening to Asians for decades? Well, the reason why it has happened, for those who don't know how this often happens, many of the Asian families who came to America uh, after the 1960s, 70s, 80s, not all, but many of them either were relatively wealthy, meaning compared to other immigrants, or were able to bring family money together to get here. That's not every Asian family, but by percentage, a larger chunk of them had some cash. So they were hardworking. They wanted to live in inexpensive places. So many of them bought uh, stores or bought retail places in poorer neighborhoods. And that's why you see even, you know, in in uh, in older movies and TV shows, you see very often during the O.J. Simpson trial, you see very often there are Asian owned stores in black communities. They're not only in black communities, but they're in poorer communities to include black communities. And that's why you see that happening in the cases they become targeted as the outsider. Right. So if I'm in a Hispanic community and I have, you know, a Chinese retail store someplace a grocery uh um, a laundromat, um, I don't know, a convenience store, something like that, then I look at them as the outsider. So when I want to ride or get angry, I'm going to go burn those guys down because they're not, you know, they're not us. And I think that's been happening a lot past 30, 40 years with an influx of Asian immigrants starting in the 70s. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's been happening. That's not the reason now. I'm saying historically, that's one of the reasons. So, um, Rose says, Rose says it didn't seem that the attacker was white either. So yeah, that, that's another issue. Absolutely. That is another issue. Yes. Matt, an acute case of lead poisoning would have stopped that guy. Nicely done, Matt. Yes. But you know what? I, I, a yell stop with a, with a firearm pointed at him might've done the same thing, right? You, you, you might not have had to pull that trigger. You could have just said enough or I'm going to pull the trigger. That might have done the job. If I'm her, I'm pulling the trigger, right? If I'm if I'm getting kicked, I'm pulling the trigger. If I'm not getting kicked, I'm drawing down, prepared to pull the trigger. I think there's a difference in that case, right? So just my view. But I wouldn't have been mad if somebody would have shot him. Like I, I wouldn't have been mad if he would have taken a bullet. I wouldn't have been mad about it. But I would understand if someone said, stop first and then whatever the case may be. So yes. Um, David says, oh, son of Benjamin, sorry, wrong guy. I apologize. I apologize, guys. Um, Adrian says, yes, I would have called the police, but feared being called racist in these days. See, Adrian, you bring it up also, right? And I remember specifically, this happened to me. It's, it's, a, it's, a, crazy, it's a crazy story. But it happened to me on a bus, believe it or not. Um, my, this is years ago when my wife was down on the Jersey Shore I'm at a place for the summer and I was working and I would go and see her in the Jersey shore on the weekends. I was working, she was away for the summer and I would go see her and my, and my kids on the weekends while I was working to pay for the Jersey shore. So um, when I would take a bus down there because she had the car. So I would take a bus from New York city down to our area down there and she'd pick me up and that's what we would do. So the bus is often crowded and that kind of stuff. And in one case, there's a, a guy who is being a real jerk with seeing and he won't move his seat. And literally he's got like his bag on a seat and there's this, this uh, father and daughter and they're both they're maybe Indian. They look Southern Asian. I think they were Indian, but a, a young daughter, she's probably 10 and a guy and they're shy and they're scared. And he's a, a his, the guy's name was a big black man and he's got a bag down. Almost the entire bus is white. 
or not black, except for me. So the guys being like that and the, the people looking at him won't say anything. No one will say anything. I did. I was semi-aggressive, but not totally, but semi-aggressive. And the reason why I said something, Adrian, is because I knew that socially, I was the only one who could. And that was terrible. The other people were afraid of being called racist. So what you're saying is true. I know people are going to be mad at me when I say this. Oh, you can't. It's true. It's a thing. It's how our culture works. And you being a white woman going to police on a black man, I get how you would be afraid. Another piece of this, which is why I wanted to bring this up because it covers so many aspects of our culture. This is one of them too. So I said something and a guy eventually got up and grabbed his bag and got pissed off. And he stepped me a little bit and I just stood there and he wasn't going to do anything. He was just talking trash, trying to be tough guys. He thought he can get away with it and he didn't. And then they sat down and he stood. I was standing because the bus was so packed. People were standing and it's a multiple hour drive. And I'm like, if I'm standing, you standing. <laughs> That's it. So he stood up and it just calmed down. But the sad part is there were other men on that bus. There were other women on that bus. They were all white or Hispanic. None of them were black except for me. And they wouldn't say a thing. They were thinking what you were thinking. Absolutely true. So, yes. Larry, New York needs a good Samaritan law when it comes to protecting people under assault. Yeah, um, I think we need many things like that, Kelly, particularly when it comes to violence. The problem is we seem to be very anti-violent except when it comes to our cops. That's really an issue. So, yeah. Matt says, I spoke to a defense lawyer in the past and in a candid moment he explained that if you ever have a chance to draw a weapon and use it, regardless of the fact that it may be justified, the press, the community, of course, will ruin you. Thank you, Matt. Yes. Yes. It sounds horrible, but until we can provide protection to those who are good Samaritans, people questioning any involved in a stranger's life. Another part of this that happened. Another part of our culture. Yes. Absolutely. But if you're a cop, fine. If you got a badge, fine. Do whatever you want. You're not a bat, you're not a cop? No. So, um, Rose says, I don't know, Larry, as a licensed um, security officer in NT. Myself, I was a supervisor on that shift and I would have either directed my guards to help or to went out to myself. Okay, yes, I, I'm okay. I, yes, something should have happened. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Jimmy says, why can't people respect other people? Why are all the violence and hate? I guess my mom raised me differently. You just built different, Jimmy. That's what it is. No, I think I think the answer is you see what's happening in our culture and it begins to affect others, right? It just begins to affect others. Ed says, it's obvious about the woke crowd believe the delusions like they think Asians are white and blaming them over, including all Asians hate that made in the past. They made the stop Asian hate to care about them after they went against them. But you realize that Asians are not falling for their BS since they knew how bad BLM went during the riots. You're saying, did, does the woke crowd believe Asians are white? I'm not sure where you were going with that one, Ed. I'm not 100% sure where, you, where, where you're going with that. Um, I'm trying to follow it. I, I don't know. I, I think, it, you know, you bring up a valid point. When Asians, particularly in, in the cities, are attacked by black people, which has been a common thing, by the way. It's been uh, some some South Asians and but heavily black people. It doesn't make it doesn't make the race relationship any better. That's for sure, right? 
So whether Asians were or are anti-woke, and I don't know the, the numbers on that to be forward with you, this isn't going to make them more woke. So if the goal is to make Asians more woke, this isn't helping. So, oh, is that what you're saying? Are you saying the the woke side is trying to push to stop Asian hate to keep them on the woke side? All right, maybe. Okay, maybe that's what you're saying. I'm sorry. I, I, I was trying to be clear. Maybe that, that could make sense. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Randy says, people really need to stand up and help other people. Yes, but you saw Benjamin talked about it. Adrian talked about it. I talked about it. We all thought the same thing. There was something that was causing people to hesitate, and it was cultural. Obviously, viscerally, and this may sound sexist, but I'm just telling you, a man sees another man beating a woman. Instinctively, he wants to do something. Instinctively, right? This is just instinct. He wants to do something. Culture says, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't do it. So um, doesn't matter what you are called. If you see something happening, grow a set and help them. Democratic Party media is the reason this happened. This would not have happened when I was younger or now with me. Um, I'm not sure the Democratic Party is the only person to blame here. Parsley, yes, of course. But I don't see Republicans stopping it. I don't see Republicans stopping the litigious society that we have. They jump on board too. They sue like everybody else. I don't see them, you know, stopping the, the the destruction of the Second Amendment in New York State. I don't see them doing anything about that either. So I don't know. I could point the finger both ways. So I definitely could. All right. So if I keep going down here, if I can. Um, if Asians, Rocket Man says, if Asians become a protected group, the harder it is to criticize China without being considered a racist. Huh. So you're saying, so you're saying it is, there's some plot with people who are supporting, you mean like big business that wants, that wants to do business with China? Or are you saying the, the Chinese Communist Party itself is, is somehow involved? I mean, I think your point's probably a valid one, right? If, if, if Asians are more protected, it does become harder because people say, oh, you're attacking China, you're attacking Asians. I, I could see that. I'd have, to, I'd have to some evidence of what you're talking about. I'm, I'm not sure, but I get where you're going with it. That may be a stretch. That may be a stretch. Um, Ed says, you're a nicer person than I am. I try to be nice, Ed. I really do. Absolutely. I, I try. Yes. I 100%. I give it a shot. It doesn't always work, but I always, I always try to do that. Absolutely. All right. Let me see if I can keep doing this here. Um... I remember New York State used to pay people to hire people out of my of prison. Oh, yeah. My dad hired many who really learned the plumbing trade and changed. Yes, and we don't do that kind of stuff at all anymore. I agree. Yes. I mean, that, that's the issue. If you want someone to have a chance of succeeding, you have to give them a chance, right? If you want that. I'm not sure we do. I'm, I'm not sure we do, right? Um, I'll bring this even to George Floyd. You've heard me say this a thousand times. He's uh, his 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 attacker now is uh, on trial. Um, if you don't have lockdowns, then George Floyd is still at work. Those cops aren't there. He isn't there. He doesn't die. Hard to be out getting in trouble doing fentanyl when you got to be at work. And he had a job that he had gotten, and then the lockdowns came, and he lost his job, 
and he went right back on the drugs. Now, would he have gone on drugs anyway? I have no idea of knowing that. Maybe he would have. I don't know that. But I do know, and if you know anyone who's been an addict in your life, that when bad things happen and they don't have a support structure, they fall back to their old terrible habits. And he did. And that's why he was there. And that's why a fentanyl system. And that's why the cops were there. And that's why he's dead. If he, if he had a job, he's not dead there at least. Who knows? Would he have died a year or two later from an overdose? Would he have gone, fallen off the wagon? How can anybody know? Maybe he would have turned his entire life around. Like your, your dad had people around him. Maybe he would have. There's no way we can know because he's dead. We don't know. But what I'm sure of, and I'm I'm 100% sure of, if he had that job, if we had the, didn't have the lockdowns, he's not there. And that incident does not happen. So, yes. All right. Um, let's see if I can keep going down here. Um, well, there's a, the, a, a lot of so many of these comments. I appreciate it so much. So um, I don't think he was acting desperately. What did he gain from that? It's, it's a good question, John. And I would say he was acting desperately only because he wanted something, a feeling of power or control or something. And always remember, people are angry. Anger, the root of anger is either a perceived lack of respect or a perceived lack of control. When you feel like you're out of control or when you feel like you are disrespected, even if you're not, it doesn't matter if you actually are or not. If you feel it, you tend to get angry. That's a common thing. Aggression is often a cause by fear. So when you feel disrespected or angry or afraid, that's when bad things happen. So odds are he felt any of those three, if not all of those three, he probably felt disrespected, two years, can't get a job, all mad and such. And here's this woman who, you know, he decided was his enemy for whatever reason, probably because of a mental illness is my assumption. Now, I don't know to be true. That's an assumption that he picked her as the bad guy for some reason and was an easy target to, to attack. I'm assuming his life in prison as an adult was violent because that's what usually happens in prison. It's based on violence. And he took out that violence out on her. He felt powerful. He felt strong. Yeah. And now her life is ruined and he's going to be back in prison for 25 more years. And I think that's what he, I think that's the, if they convict him, which they will for breaking parole, I think it's 25 years. So he's gone for 25 years. He'll be back out when he's 63. Yeah, I do, I do think he was. Again, I'll go back to the same thing. If our system was better, that either they kept him in jail, a, a prison, one, or two, actually helped him to, to get someone like Adrian was talking about, finding a job, finding help, getting some therapy, whatever this guy needs. I don't know what treatment he needs, obviously, but he needs something clearly, whatever that treatment is. He's not there. He's not homeless in, in the shelter. There's no lockdowns. Maybe there's a job for him. Does he become successful? I don't know. Does he kick her in the street? No. No. So, yes. Um, do you think Trump saying China virus has anything to do with these attacks like the mainstream media says? I don't. And I know people get angry. I don't. I don't think that's the reason. Um, I think it's other people taking that and pushing a narrative. I think it wasn't helpful saying China virus. And I think it did allow people who were, who did want to push that narrative, it gave them fuel to push a negative narrative. And I think that's what happened, if that makes any sense. So 
I guess to your question, anything to do with? Yes, anything, but not a direct cause at all. No, not a direct cause, but roundabout? Sure. I think anything that's negative on channel like that does have a roundabout, not directly at all. If anything, the mainstream media department made it worse by constantly saying it and calling it that. I think they made it even worse. So there we go. All right. So if I can keep going and grab a couple more. Um, Adrian says, my sister-in-law would have been a, a house tap Vietnamese Chinese. Yes. Yeah. And, and I don't blame her. Absolutely. Yes. Bob says, I respect that you talked with Vouch. Vosh. I always say his name wrong. Sorry. Vosh. Yes. I've also noticed that Kendi and Robin DeAngelo don't talk to people who disagree with them. This indicates me that they aren't confident in their beliefs. This is an issue that I have, Bob, to be fair. It's a little off topic, but I'm happy to bring it up. Those of you who've been following me for a while, you know that I will touch any subject. I don't have a problem dealing with any subject. Even if it's touchy, I'll deal with it. Even when I make some of you angry, and I know sometimes I do, but I'm just not going to shy away. You're going to know what I feel. We're going to have a real conversation. And sometimes my mind has changed, and sometimes I change your mind. And I'm okay with that. I spoke with Vosh because I thought he would speak with me. I've tried others. They don't want to talk to me. And this is more common on the left than the right. When the right wants to fight or, or deal with you, the right often wants to own the lib. That's how they think. So they want to be aggressive and they come at me. So the right is much more open to come on my shows, to let me on their shows because they want to own me. And I don't mind that at all. Great. Try to own me. I don't mind at all. Jiu-Jitsu is my skill set. They come at me and I put them on their back. I love that. The left doesn't. The left's way of dealing with me is dismissal. That they, they dismiss me. He is, he's not real. He's nothing. If you watched any of the any of the comments um from the Vosh uh, uh supporters that were anti-me, almost all of them were dismissive. They weren't like, he's wrong because of this. They were like, another libertarian who hates the poor. It was that kind of thing. And that's a common thing. The left tends to be much more dismissive. The right tends to be much more confrontational. And I'm happy to have any conversations. So I spend more time talking to people on the right because they're more open to talk to me. I've reached out to tons of people on the left. My team will tell you, we reach out all the time. They don't want to come on the show. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want me on their shows. They just ignore me. Or I've reached out to the Democratic Social of America, DSA. Let's have a conversation. Sometimes they'll respond. Usually they won't even respond. They Recently they started to respond a little bit. So I'm hoping they'll have a conversation. I try to have more left people on the show. I try to talk to them more. Um, I'm not afraid of my beliefs. You know that. I'm confident in my beliefs. I'm confident in my policies. And look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the left has some points that'll show me something. I'm okay with that. I, I hope they're right. That'd be amazing. But yes, so that's why I talked to, to Vosh. And I hope that some of his people will see that, you know, we're not crazy and that you can talk to us. So yes, absolutely. Um, El Gregorio says, I would not fear being called a racist. It does not matter. We'll call it the attacker is, we'll call it the victim is. Violence must be stopped. I'm not playing these race games to anybody. El Gregorio, here's the issue. While I get what you're saying, I do. You're not the one whose life is destroyed yet. What happens when you see somebody next to you or close to you have their life destroyed because they're a racist, I'm doing air quotes, or because they hate black people or hate Asians or hate so-and-so, and then they lose their job. They lose their livelihood. They can't feed their family. They feel terrible. I get your emotion, 
I'd also like you to think there are serious consequences when society decides to shun you. If society shuns you and you're not prepared for that, I mean, what if you're not ready to get the job? What if you're not ready to change your career or, or move? What if you're blacklisted in your industry and your industry is small? So once people know who you are, you have to basically change industries. What if you've been in the industry for 10, 15 years? It's what you know best. It's easier said than done. I get what you're saying, and I wish more people were that way. At the same time, you can't feed your family if you're blacklisted. You can't move your life forward if you're blacklisted. It's just harder than you might think. Cancel culture is real. I mean, that 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 young lady, you know, her racist tweets, they called it, from when she was 17 years old, got her fired like a month ago. And it's 10 years after. Imagine if you're the guy who they go, this is the guy who called the cops on the black guy. And he was and 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 he was mentally ill. Oh my God. What if that was the story that his lawyers were telling? And that's what gets out. Then the story becomes about you, not about them anymore. So I understand you. It's just it's hard. Sam says, what are your thoughts on felons who serve their time getting their Second Amendment rights back as well as voting rights? I will say this every single time. Once you've paid your debt to society, you should get all your rights back, period. Every one of them, it should be automatic. How can we not? Every one of them. It does Now, obviously, I don't want you voting in prison. You've lost your rights. You're in prison. I don't want you having a gun in prison, clearly. So you don't get your rights in prison. Of course not. But once you're out, you're out. You've paid your debt. Second chance. Right? Now you're, you're, you're a felon now, and you're out. But you're paying taxes. That's taxation without representation, isn't it? If you're going to say felons don't pay taxes anymore, say it. Fine. Don't vote then. But if that's how that works, sorry, that's how that should work. Not really how it works. That's how it should work. Not just that. You Now you're out. You're going to have a family. You get a second chance. That's how that should work. I hope that was clear. So, all right. Um, let's see if I can keep going here. All right. Larry, the fact you can't go to a store and try selling candy to said store without a license is clear violation of our rights to transact with a license. I set the price of the license. I'm not sure where you're going with that. Um, I'm not sure where you're going with that. You talking about the weed thing? Did I get it the wrong time? Maybe I did. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure where that where you're going with that. Oh, weed. Thank you. You should be able to sell weed to people on the streets or in your garage if you want to. This was my point, Brendan. I brought up when I was talking about when I was talking about you regulating marijuana cannabis, like onions, like a plant that it is. That's the point, right? I I think it's a plant. You should treat it as such. Grow in your backyard. If you sell a plant to someone else, if the if they're the end user and there's a tax on it, then they pay the tax. If, if they're not the end user, then you don't. Done. So yeah. I agree with you completely. So Paula says, I think the right has a little more empathy for libertarians. Yeah, maybe. I think it might be true. I think that could be true. Yeah, that could be true. I might see that. I might see that. So, all right. So if I can keep going down here, grab a couple more if I can. Uh, let's see. Um, Liberty Sham Shamrocker. In reading so many of these comments, enlightening how far divided and jaded we as people become. In this instance, the convo is about a trend of violence against Asian and the elderly. It's about a lot of things, though. And I'm glad that the comments are all over the place. I really am. It shows one thing that I say all the time. This audience is not a monolith. 
this audience is a very different and mixed audience, with I'm, which I'm, I cannot tell you how happy I'm about that. The amount of times you've seen me, if you watch me, when people get mad at me, and I say, I get it, you're mad at me, please stay. Don't leave. Just keep watching. I get you're mad. Just stay. I, I, you won't agree with me on this, but the next one you will, right? Not this one, but the next one you will. Just stay. I'll get you on something. Just stay with me. I think we can we can have common ground on something. I really think that that we can have it. And I got to tell you, I'm okay, right? I really am okay with people disagreeing, thinking differently, believing it's left or believing it's right. Absolutely think it's okay to be doing that. Totally happy um, for that to be going on. I think we have to, right? I think we have to. If without that, where do we make change, right? How do we make change? How do how can we even want to make change if people don't understand there's a problem and people are unhappy and then we have to fix them in some way, shape or form? Yeah, I think we kind of have to. I really do. So, yes. Let me keep going down here. Um, Alice says they charge people's property anytime they do anything. Yes, that's true. That is true. Yes, absolutely. Paula says, I've noticed people getting away from conversations about race as of late. Except for me, Paula, you guys keep throwing me on race. So I keep doing it. You don't, you're not a, the amount of people who either you know tweet me or email me or, fa or Facebook me, or message me to ask to talk about race. I mean, it's it's every week. I don't want to do, I don't want to become the race show. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to become the ratio. At the same time, I, I don't want to um, avoid it either. So I do it sometimes, but I don't want to become the ratio. But I feel sometimes, to your point, I'm like the only place you can do it sometimes. Everything else always becomes, you know, angry, 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 and that's it. So that's the issue. All right. Um, Empower says, um, I heard, um, when I heard it, I thought Larry said, Bosch would not talk. No, no, no. Yes. Um, um, he did. He was very open and wasn't mad at me, wasn't yelling and screaming at me. His his audience was generally speaking better than I thought. I thought his audience would trash me. That's what I thought. They, I thought, oh my God, they're going to just trash me, call me a horrible righty, alt writer, Nazi, whatever, is what I thought they were going to do. Uh, but they didn't at all. Some people were mad at me, of course, which I expected, uh, called me bad names, of course. But relative to what I expected, oh, it was amazing. I was I was very happy with the response. Very, very happy. I really thought it was going to be worse. They were much more open to at least hearing me. Of course, many didn't agree. It's generally a socialist audience. So, of course, they're not going to agree. I'm not mad at that. I mean, of course, not going to. But most of them weren't jerks, which was nice. I was a little bit worried that they would be jerks. So, yes. Ed says, the other thing, if you remember, the NYPD went on a crackdown spree through Asian spas massage parlors. Yep. I bet some Karen supported them because they know about the prostitution going on there. Oh, I didn't even thought about that issue. Maybe. As much I said about the immigrant slash border situation related to drugs and sex trafficking, it's better legalized prostitution just like Nevada. You know, I I agree with the legalized prostitution, all the like sex worker, workers maybe is a, is a better way, particularly now with COVID. A lot of sex workers aren't doing in-person work, if that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I do agree, but I, I don't want to follow the Nevada model. The Nevada model is similar to now we have the weed model here in New York. It's a big business model. 
I'd rather have a model to where there's much more local ownership. In this case of the woman's her own body, right? Much more of the woman owning her own body and deciding how and what she wants to do with the body. Don't get me wrong, there are males, sex workers also. It's just far more women sex workers than there are male. So I'd rather them have more autonomy over their own body. Not that in the body you don't, it's just a system that's really set up more for the manager and the big business than it is for the individual worker. And I'd like us to have a better system here that's more entrepreneurial and more open to that, uh, closer towards decriminalization than legalization, if that makes any sense. So again, but I would take what I could get. I would take what I could get, absolutely. I would take it, whatever I could get for that one. So Adrian asked me to have Trek Z on. That's right, yes, no race. Yes, and I did, and I did. I, I do listen to you guys. Uh, when my team gets stuff from you, they often send it to me, and then often I'll grab it if I can, or they'll, they'll hey, look, check out this, check out that. It off it. So thank you. John says, Larry, I'm so happy I found you through the VP nomination debates. Oh, thank you. I'm here almost every night. What is the best way to support? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, I don't have another thing about Patreon. Well, there's three ways you can do it. Number one, you, you can just go to patreon.com slash sharpway. And if you got a credit card, you can throw me 10 bucks, 25 bucks a month if you want to do that. I love that. That's all uh, that always helps. But if you can't do that, seriously, I'm not joking when I say go over to, you know, click the link. That is in the uh, that's in the description that goes to the police accountability survey. Take these surveys; they really do help. And what do I mean by that? When you take the survey, my sponsors see that and they go, "Ah, this makes sense for me to keep sponsoring Sharpway." So I get sponsorship if you guys take the survey. That's why I'm always bugging you: take the survey, right? So take it, finish it, and and um share it, and that helps me tremendously. So you can go to Patreon if you want to. Just literally Patreon dot com slash sharp way just go right there put your credit card throw me some cash if you don't want to no worries i hope you can taking those surveys helps and of course as always every single time every single time like comment share the more i grow the better if i grow more then i'll have be able to have more sponsors so that's another piece so thank you for that i appreciate that john i really do thank you yes um duke scar duke scar 666 says Larry, long-time member of the LP here since 1980. Keep up the good work. Thank you. One suggestion, even get on Tim Pool's podcast, be a good combo with him and his crew, I think. I agree. I'm open to it. I don't think Tim wants to talk to me. I'm happy. Tim, if you're listening, go ahead. Why don't you guys, if you guys want me to be on Tim Pool, tweet him. Tell him I should be on. I'm happy to be on his, his podcast. Isn't he here at Jersey, is it? He's close by. I literally could probably go to his go to his studio. I probably could. He's close by. So yeah, just uh, tweet him, bug him, tell him to have me on. Maybe he'll do it. So Olga, I'm happy to have him on. Yes. So, all right. Um, are we now regulating sex work like onions? I like it, Josh. Nicely done. So um, we run for governor again. Cuomo's almost out. Um, I probably, I, I, I would, I think I have a better chance of actually winning if Cuomo's in, to be fair with you. I, I probably do. I don't even know. But either way, I will announce this summer um, what I'll be doing. I will absolutely be doing that. I actually did Patreon two times. So 10 and 25. You better be my newest go to <laughs> or try for my thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks. See, she did twice. I appreciate that. It's it's amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So yes. All right, guys. Um, a little bit short today because I have some other stuff I gotta jump on. I hope it was interesting the way we had a conversation about one thing that affected so many parts of our world. As always, please like, comment, and share. Here is the Patreon link. The link is in the description for those of you who want to support. Click that link now. Throw me what you can throw me. It's awesome. 
and the link also in the description for the police accountability survey. Please take that survey, finish it, and then share it so that others can see it. Hopefully they'll take it too. Thanks guys so much. I appreciate it. I will see you all.